Mr. Jim Shockey, thank you for being on the podcast and uh, coming down to Cottonmouth and hunting for a few days. What do you what do you think of it so far? <laughs> well, it's like it's like hunting where legends have walked. I mean, Jimmy and <laughs> Will have hunted here. I mean, I think I was on a stand yesterday that for sure Jimmy's hunted out of. That's yeah. a big deal. Like like they're they're legends in our industry. So to be here, you know, hunting this spot, whew, it's a it's a dream come true. It's um. We 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 love it out here, and and um, we did come it, like you caught you came right at the end of our cold weather because I was talking because Eva and Tim got here right when it was still cold, and we I told her I was like I kind of want it to be somewhat cold when y'all got here because I don't want to be embarrassed by how mild our winters are when y'all come up down here from uh, and then I say Eva made fun of how I said Saskatchewan too, so I'm trying to say it right. But how how does how does the hunting or the terrain compare that you've seen so far from Saskatchewan to here? Well, <laughs> I mean, number one, Saskatchewan's covered in snow whenever I'm hunting. Right. So, so that's the biggest difference, and it's a lot easier to a see the tracks of the deer and b to see the deer. You know, I'm sure there's been I've, there's been a hundred deer walk by me this morning and yesterday evening. I just didn't see them against right. brown against brown. Right. Even the one we did see yesterday evening, uh, Eva actually spotted it first, and I had to use my binos to see it. Because it's the same color as yeah. everything, yeah. so so that's one of the big biggest things for me is is I can't see sign and I can't uh, see the deer, but uh, other other than that, I mean you know we're, we're in a lot of poplar, aspen, right. bluff, sandhill country where I hunt, or up in our opening territory, northern Saskatchewan, uh, um, you know that, that's our Pacific, or our Canadian Whitetail Adventures opening right. territory. You know that that's more spruce and and pine ridges, mm-hmm. so it, it's quite a bit different. I mean, the the forest certainly is different. The deer, from what I saw last night, that they're big deer here. Yeah, you know, and I heard that you guys have taken them up to two hundred and eighty pounds yeah. live weight. That's th- those are giant deer, even for Saskatchewan. You have to work hard to get a three hundred pound deer. Yeah, it's um. I'd say our average, like if you're going to kill a four or five year old buck, average are going to be around. I'd say about 225, 230 on average. But we definitely have had, I think the biggest one I've seen was 286. And he was a monster. Yeah, it's huge, yeah. But um, so the other thing that is, they're still, I mean, they're on the tail end of it, but we're still seeing some rutting activity down here this time of year. Yeah, I saw a scrape yesterday. Yeah. The, the, that's what I asked, is the rut still on? And mm-hmm. Troy said that the uh, secondary rut should just about be ready to kick in. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping this afternoon, since it is my last afternoon, here that uh, it kicks in like somewhere between now and when I get on stand <laughs> yeah. in the next hour. There's two things that I'm very excited about where you're going to. Is one you're going to get to sit in one of those new surround view blinds. I, I saw you showed me a little yeah. video of it, which I'm you know I, I believe you guys, but if if I'm wearing a, a negligee, you know then I can see through it. That the deer should be able to see through it. Right. So I'll have to wait and see. The jury's out until I see it work. Yeah, see, I mean, see, I, we've killed deer out of those lines with a oh, rifle. Oh, just, just wait. I just want to clarify that I don't wear negligee. <laughs> so so just for the record, just in case someone picked up on that and said, Shocky said he wore negligee. No, no. I said, if I was, yeah. figuratively speaking. Yeah. Um, but we, we've killed deer with a rifle out of those blinds so far. But yesterday, Brad killed one. I was filming him. And he killed a uh, buck with his bow out of one of those blinds. And it was absolutely unbelievable because we had, we, we stayed, he shot that, that buck early. 
And then we still we have a certain amount of you know dough quota that we have to fill every year on our management program. And he it was he said so early he said might as well sit and see if we can't shoot a doe. Um, we had deer around us all afternoon, fifteen yards and in. But what what happens on a sunny day? Like if the sun's shining, doesn't it? Doesn't it sunshine through it? What well, that's they, it comes with one of those. Uh, it comes with a black panel, like a black sheet that you can put on your backside. They'll cover that for you. I put mean, on my backside. On the backside of the blind. Okay, that's thanks, thanks for clarifying backside, that, too. Yeah, you're okay, wearing a negligee yeah. and I'm covering my backside. <laughs> okay, this, yeah, we, we got to change the direction of this podcast. <laughs> but, but uh, no, I'm sure, obviously, it works. You guys wouldn't be doing it. I yeah. mean, the Primo's blinds, the uh, double bowls, I've got a hundred of them. Yeah. Love them. And if you guys tell me that that works, I'm, I'll follow you to, to hell yeah. if that's what you guys say that. Oh, it's nice and warm there. Yeah, they, <laughs> well, they absolutely were. I just can't wait for you to see it with your own eyes. Yeah, I mean, because they're, they're every every time when we both sat, when all of us sat in for the first time, we we're like, "Holy cow, this is this is." You're cool. exposed, yeah. Right, yeah. And uh, so, number two, the reason I'm excited you're going there is you're sitting on one of our big food plots, but turnips and brassicas, and this time of year in January, those brassicas are those what seeds? Brassicas. 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 It's in our. It's in our one of our new takeout seed that we're planting. It's brassicas. Oh. Um, they're just this time of year, especially when it's cold like this after the rut, when they're trying to put weight back on. Yeah. Brassicas are huge. If they want to put weight back on, just come here and eat at the lodge. That's, a, that's <laughs> that, I guarantee in two days I've gained ten pounds. I I, I must have had twenty pieces of bacon this morning. Whatever kind of bacon, it's got to be Canadian back bacon. It was so good, <laughs> well, and and biscuits. Well, I thought it was Johnny Cake, or, or we yeah. call it Johnny Cake, at, but it's not. It was like a pure, I might as well have eaten 20 donuts this morning. Between that and the two birthdays we celebrated when y'all we were here. Birthday cakes. We had birthday cakes. Yeah, that's, it was the second night before I, Eva and Tim, they were like, this is not the camp to come to to lose weight. No, no. that's for sure. Well, that's why I say. You're, any of your big bucks, just come on into the lodge, guys. But, you know, come during daylight and uh, make sure you warm me so I can be out on the porch with, with my muzzle odor. <laughs> so, um. One, I, I know we were all so excited that y'all were able to come down here. One, th- thank you for coming down here because I know y'all are so busy this time of year with going to shows and, and all that. Um, one thing I did want to ask you about that, that I thought was cool because I follow you on Instagram and all that. You have this hashtag that pops up a lot that you do. It's called Eating Like Kings. Yeah. When y'all are catching prawns or, or y'all had octopus or something too at one point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know we caught a lot of octopus over Christmas. And you, and you eat that. The, uh, absolutely. So what is it? I mean, octopus is is like. Uh, do you, have you ever had squid? They call them calamari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. calamari. So, so, virtually the same. I mean, I, I believe they're a. Uh, are they a mollusk? I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. And they're they're uh, they're like a they're like a squid. So they're kind of chewy, crunchy tentacles. You have to boil them quite a long time, or or beat them. You can actually tie a rope around them and swing them against rocks. You know, really? <laughs> until you get too tired to do it, and yeah. that will make them tender enough. <laughs> or you boil them a long time and uh, and eat them that way. They're fabulous. It's yeah. one of, one of my favorite sushi. I mean, you can get octopus sushi anywhere. Yeah, I need to try that. So, I mean, how do y'all the the how do you catch them? I mean, how do you? Well, we we catch them with uh, in our prawn traps. They're an incidental catch. Oh, so it's like a bonus. You're trying yeah, to catch exactly. prawns. Exactly, it's like gotcha. a bonus. Well, it is kind of because. When they get in the prawn traps, they eat all the prawns. Oh. So it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a bonus. It's more of a trade-off. Right. So you, you get prawns or you get the octopus. Gotcha. Uh, it's very difficult to get a lot of each. That's cool. Well, one of the reasons I've always, even before I per, you know, I started working for Primo's, I always appreciated the way that you and your family 
promoted and portrayed hunting, you know, cause just, and that's why, you know, with the, the prawn thing and everything, it's not, y'all aren't just, y'all are portraying more than just hunting. You're portraying the whole outdoor lifestyle to me. You Abs- know? Absolutely. That, that, you know, people in the popular press read about hunters and all they think about or what, the way the popular press portrays us is these bloodthirsty killers that cut the head off the animal and leave the animal to rot. And, and that, you know, that's a stereotype that they've, for some reason, you know, the, the way left that doesn't hunt, that's what they want us, right. they want the rest of the world to think of us. And they, unfortunately, control most of the popular press these days. Yeah. But, you know, we all know as hunters, that's not that's not hunting, that's poaching. Right. It doesn't happen like that. And, and the kill that they say we focus on, you know, and they always say, oh, they have little tiny hands. You know, so they, they're trying to make up for their shortcomings, you know. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's infantile and, yeah. and, and disrespectful, but that's what they want and that's who they are. So, so they, you know, what we do or what we try and do is show that hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all encompassing. So when you're hunting wild game for the meat for the table, you know, the same day, maybe you're hunting ducks. Like today, even yeah. Tim were hunting ducks. Last yeah. night we had duck, duck poppers, poppers that they, they hunted for. Did you make those last night? I wish I could take credit for ben, those. That was Ben did we, that. We've made those before. I mean, I have made duck poppers before, but I even, because Ben tried something that, that uh, I don't know what he did different to him. He won't tell me. But he top, said. Top secret. Yeah, it was good, said, whatever it was. Jordan said, Ben, you cook the poppers from now on. I said, yeah, Ben, you cook the poppers from now on. But that was, I mean, just like that, like that was one that was so much fun because, you know, even Tim and yeah, I don't, Tim said he, he does duck hunt a lot, but he hadn't got to do it in a while. And I don't, Eva hadn't been on very many and she, she loved it. You know, we all had a good time and just to be able to do that and then eat those ducks that night. That's well, just. Sure. And that's, but the thing is now what, what was encompassed in all of that? You know, like they will have us believe they being the people, the animal rights people, right. The, the, the pro-animal rights, left-wing popular press, they would have people believe that we're bloodthirsty killers that do it for ego. Now, wait a minute, let's think about that. You went out yesterday morning. So here you've got a family. You've got Nana Weezy, which is my wife. Right. You've got Eva, which is our daughter. Her husband, Tim, which is our son-in-law. And our, our little grandbaby, all here in camp, Lenny Bo. So, so what you have, now you've got family. Right. Right? So you get together in the morning and you talk along with all of your friends. So you've got family, you've got camaraderie. We, we learned all about this incredible hunting area, the, the, the cottonmouth, you know, the, the history, the tradition of it. So you've got history and tradition involved. Then you've got employment. Look at the ladies that are doing the cooking today, which, by the way, whatever you're paying them, they, they deserve a lot more. Right. They're, they're yeah, so good. They good. So, so, so now you've got an economic benefit. You haven't even gone hunting yet. Right. And and yet all of those pluses, all of those positive things that represent what make makes this country, the United States of America, such an incredibly great country in this world. You've taken part in many of those aspects this morning or yesterday morning before you went hunting. Mm-hmm. And but you're hunting and you're hunters that are supposed to be bad. What you know, it's just incredible to me that people won't look at the reality of it. And and back to your question, you know, or, or to your statement about how we try and represent hunters and hunting. It's a life. Yeah. It's a life, and it's about good things, yeah. good positive things. You want to see negative things go on the news? You want you want positive? Come hunting. Yeah. Become a hunter. Bring your family out and, and learn 
that the kill is is a tiny little sliver of a of a 360 degree pie. In fact, it's a circle, yeah. and 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 you know three dimensional pie. You've got a tiny little sliver of that. That's that's all the kill is. Yeah. You know the rest is There's well then so then more, yeah. well sure it is. And and you know the the camera work and the sharing the outdoors, the fresh air, the exercise. You know, on top of all that, the products that you need to do all that is supporting the economy. Your licenses, you guys have the, was it Robertson Pittman Act here? Mm-hmm. All your license money is going towards. Directly to conservation. Yeah, who's paying the conservation office to, officers for their vehicles to drive around and make sure nobody's dumping garbage all over the highway or right. whatever they're doing? That's that's $100. So, so all of that happened before we got to even enjoy the, the food in the evening, which is why you went hunting. So I. I yeah, we, you know, we you know we don't make a conscious effort to portray hunting. What we do is is we just portray who we are as hunters, and every one of us is. We just have the opportunity to reach more people than most hunters. Right, and that, like I said, that's why I, I appreciate y'all so much. Just because that, I mean, that's my personally, that's my passion. That's that's the the passion of the company that I work for. Um, and and there's a bunch of different ways we could go with that, but like I, I've said it before, like I don't, I don't. My my goal is with one of these things as a platform is th- this podcast or what we do. I'm not I'm not trying to necessarily make everybody a hunter, but I do want everybody to understand it and accept it for what it is. Sure. You know. Sure. And and that's I I talked to Eva about the same thing and I wanted to ask your opinion on it. Um. So your son posted something to Instagram, Brandon. You'll you'll know the post. It was a, he was talking about how he personally wasn't a hunter, but he supported the ideals of it. That that if I don't know if you saw that post yourself. I, I didn't see it. He uh, was talking about how, how he never latched on to the hunting, you know, his personal hunting as much as you or Eva did. But, and he, his, you know, he found, if I try to quote the post, I'll butcher it up. But he found his calling when he picked up a camera and he just wanted, and it was essentially saying that you can be, or this is how I interpret it, that, that you don't have to be, you know, this diehard, you know, pat, you know, someone that just hunts all the time, that that's there day in and day out, whatever, but to, support it you know sure yeah and and you know that's that's open-minded Hope, hopefully we've we've raised our children well now they're growing to to be tolerant of other people's point of view you know one, one of the downfalls of democracies or, or you know egalitarian societies in the past has been when there's becomes a tyranny by the majority mm-hmm. meaning well, you've got to think like we do, as opposed to, hey, you think differently than us, and that's great. That's it. we all are in the same world together, and and not every one of us has to dress the same, look the same, think the same, you know, practice the same religions, believe in the same, you know, economic realities. I mean, this is this is the the measure of a democracy should be the the tolerance for the minorities. Whatever that minority is, whether it's a racial minority, religious minority, or simply a, a, a minority in, in the way they think relative to, say, you know, the urban people. Right. You know, I mean, we, we've got how many, uh, you know, 250, 280 million people living in urban settings now? Mm-hmm. And, and how many are rural as opposed to the flip side of that 100 years ago? You know, back then, the rural people were the majority. They tolerated the urban people. Mm-hmm. But somehow, over the last, you know, 30 years, as we've urbanized, the urban people, and I realize there's hunters in there too, I'm generalizing, but right. but 
the tolerance for the rural way of life is is gone. They want the the urban people want us to live and believe and and do things just like they do. If I wanted to do that, I would live in a city. Yeah, I, I don't want to live in a city. I I like it out here. You know, I don't need to have a Starbucks within yeah. 200 yards of me and and uh, 15 restaurants to choose from. You know, and, and not own a vehicle and and you know whatever they do in the cities. You know, have, have somebody walk my poodle. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I don't I don't know what they do, and and that's fine. <laughs> that's that's their choice. Yeah. And and I'm happy for yeah, them. Yeah, they can it, they can do that. Absolutely. But, I mean, but you should have the freedom to do the do life the way you want. Yeah, to. of course, and we do have the freedom. But what they're trying to do is is take that freedom away, and 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 it's it's a it's an intolerance, and and I think that's um, a reflection of of how our democracy is going right now. And and like I say, what the downfall of a democracy is tyranny by the majority, as as opposed to the measure of a democracy is is the tolerance for the minorities. So, so, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, the, the, I, I'm all for, you know, understanding. Right. Under, I, may, I may not, I may not believe in something, but, but, that's fine. It's not for, it's not for me, and that's why we've raised our, our children to, to accept other people's point of view. Now, like I say, they're growing, and hopefully they'll raise our grandchildren to be tolerant. Right. And, and I think you'd find across the board in rural, you know, North America. A, a much higher tolerance for for differences mm. than you would in an urban setting, and I, I and probably I don't know you know being philosophical here, and I'm not a, a sociologist, but probably you have to really slot yourself into a tiny little slot if you're going to live in a city stacked one on top of the other, thirty floors high, with a bellman letting you in an elevator, and and you know the crush of humanity around you. I suppose. You, you really kind of want to be identical to your neighbor yeah. so that you kind of all homogenize into yeah. this big goo. And I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, no, but, it, but I mean, it, that's, it makes sense. Yeah. That, that's, I, I think it's probably what these people are, are thinking. And it, that's why when someone's living a freer life, it doesn't, it, you know, they don't want that. Yeah. They don't want that. And I think, fair enough, if you look from their point of view, that's the reason. But... You know, like I say, I'm I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist, yes. you know, sociologist. I'm just a person that looks at the world with with hopefully a lot of common sense. Yeah. What do you, someone that that has seen, you know, hunted as much as you had in the different places you had, what do you see for the the future of hunting? Like, because I think it was the last statistic I heard. Like in in America, I think that's like six percent of the population is hunters currently, or something like that. Yeah, I, I I think it. Yeah, that's probably pretty close. Fifty million million licenses sold between Canada and the United States. So you're probably about right. Uh, and I would say that that's backed, uh, you know, historically as well. I don't suppose that over, you know, a thousand years ago there was probably six percent of the people hunted. Now there may have been a higher percentage who were trying to hunt, but there was probably six percent of us that were any good at it. You know, and, and that's. That's you know we all know as hunters that you're born with it. You're right. and it doesn't matter whether you're a king, a queen, a, a pauper. You know if you're a hunter, you're a hunter, and right. we're, we're all kindred spirits. So yeah. we, we that's the beauty of it. Of okay. course, it is. We, we can uh, t- today. You know I, I got a uh, interesting phone call from from uh, I don't want to name names, but 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 somebody who everybody knows in the news constantly nowadays, 
you know, and, and it was about hunting. It was it was that simple. It was about hunting, yeah. and and you know, th- this is someone that calling me in a hunting camp. Why? Because we're kindred spirits right. all, all around the world, right. and, and there's, uh, you know, that that's not going away. You you can't breed that out, Mm-mm. you know, or dictate it out or or mandate it out. You are a hunter. If you're a hunter, you just are born that way, and and it's so we're not going anywhere. That that's the first you know reality that the rest of the world might as well just get over. Six percent of us, using that number, somewhere between you know five and ten percent of us are, are hunters in this world, right. and we're not going anywhere. And 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 we can't be hunters without wildlife. So we are going to fight to conserve and protect wildlife. That's what we do. That's like what we we've always, always done. Right. Of course, what what wiped out the buffalo wasn't hunters; it was market hunting to provide for the urban centers. Right. You know, passenger pigeons weren't wiped out by hunters; they were wiped out by a changing ecology because we had, you know, too many people moving into North America. We changed the forest. There's nothing for them to eat. Right. You know, we didn't kill off the hunters. Didn't kill the dodo birds. They were around. They got killed because of market hunting for meat, and and that's been a constant. Uh, same with the whales. That wasn't hunters. It was a demand by the urban centers for a product from those wild animals. And we're going to do the same to the fisheries of this world. You know, again, it's a demand that the urban centers are putting on, not hunters. Hunters aren't the problem. Hunters know we have to conserve and keep wildlife and protect the wildlife, or we're not hunters anymore. I mean, we could sit here and talk for hours on conservation and, and restoration stories from hunters of course of course I mean, there's, the, there's the reason countless of, them. of course the, the reason that you can drive around the west and see so many mule deer white-tailed deer pronghorn elk you know in the east white tails that, that's because of hunters mm-hmm. now you know I, I saw an interesting uh, quote the other day that urban people spun the story say it's hunter's fault that there's so many deer you know it's like oh my god goodness sakes we can't win we can't win they, yeah. they're gonna spin it to be negative on us no matter what you know and the, they were whining because there's there's too many deer well great you know hunters let us hunt there open up that area for bow hunting you know as opposed to bringing in government sponsored snipers that go out at night yeah. with subsonic rounds and shoot them in the head yeah i mean and not get used for anything of course wasted they you know because then you have to bring in the government agencies to inspect the meat and grade it and yeah. you know it, it, come on guys like like unfetter some of us, you know. You the rest of the world wants to wear handcuffs and chains and balls and walk around like zombies right. altogether. Go ahead, but you know, unfetter those of us that prefer to live wild and free. We had a uh, Brad and I went on a, a sheep hunt back in August, and it was a uh, we went with a, a friend of ours who who had the tag, and it was through Colorado's Ranging for Wildlife program, and we killed a great sheep and all that. And this was the it was the first time I personally had to deal with some hatred from an anti-hunter. And they just blew up on me about how we were killing these beautiful creatures and how could we say we're conserving them and this, that, and the other. And and I just told the guy because, they, you know, I mean, those those ranching for wildlife tags, the stuff that they, you know, because they auction off some of them. And, and so and it was all that money. It was, it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars sure, yeah. that go all back in to that sheep population. And... The reason, and I know you've dealt with, how how often do you have to deal with with that kind of stuff, the, the anti stuff, and is that is that something common that you you deal with, getting 
Yeah, I mean, you know, on social media, everybody is a warrior, right? You know, behind their keyboard in their basement. Well, that's that's where mine came from. Yeah. yeah, that that I mean, that you might as well just get used to that. That's the new reality. That's our world, and and everybody has an opinion, and they can reach out and attack anybody in the world, and without ever having to worry about getting their nose punched. <laughs> right. So so you know that, that's what they do nowadays and and so we deal with that constantly it, it gets the the dirtier and uglier version of that of course is death threats and and right. threats on your family this is how these people roll and, yeah. and it, it, you would never find hunters doing that I'm, no. I'm sorry you just you just you know you wouldn't find that so so there's there's a a really ugly underbelly of that of that uh, animal rights movement that that is a uh, yeah I mean they were they were listed as the number one domestic terrorism organization in in for years and years and years and until 9-11 you know that that those were the guys that were the government had listed as the number one domestic terrorist group was was the animal rights groups and and they had them infiltrated they had they had uh, a lot of inside information on which probably prevented a lot of people from getting, you know, receiving mail bombs and and a lot of arsons of, of factories and and farms, uh, zoos. I, I mean, they, they, you know, I mean, it's how somebody can say they're freeing, say, tigers and panthers um, and lions by throwing them poison meatballs mm-hmm. in a zoo, you know, or or an animal farm. Uh, you know they're freeing them. Yeah, it's it's like holy smokes, they're playing God. It's which, so emotional. When, when they have that that kind of a complex, yeah. there's they just have lot. They're sociopaths, is what they are. So so that is part of what you have to deal with if you're if you're going to be out there at all. Now you can hide and pull back and stay in your you know room and never share pictures with your friends. But right. but nowadays, uh, you know, we are all reachable right. by those people and, and you will never you, you can talk to them about conservation until you're blue in the face it's not going to do anything of course right. not they're, they're sociopaths yeah. they're 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 the, you know uh, that's what i mean i don't know how else better yeah. to describe it they're suffering a psychosis that they're not going to in any way tolerate a different point of view or or uh, you know a different ideology than their own right well going off of that i asked i asked Eve the same question but i want to get your opinion on it too just same subject kind of going off that is with social media everyone has a voice today you know a platform of some sort thanks to social media some of them may be bigger than others but everyone has some sort of voice and i talked to him it um in terms of portraying hunting better you know like and in other words i talked to a guy about that and he he talked about simply just about you know, if you're a hunter and you're, you're, and I think if you are a hunter, you should be promoting this lifestyle because the people, you know, the, the anti-hunters that are throwing all those hate, those are the people you can't reach. The people that you want to reach are the people that are just on the fence about it, that just don't know about it. And so he was the, just the, what this guy said is you could st- just start, you know, when you're posting your pictures, social media, whatever, instead of just posting a kill picture with a deer or, a, you know, anything start posting the whole adventure everything that leads up to it you know i i told eva she she does a great job at it you know because she was you know she posted pictures all week of sitting in the ground line and the the woods and the, the duck poppers way at last night and all that kind of stuff but in, in your opinion how can we as hunters how can we portray ourselves better how can we portray the hunting lifestyle better 
Uh, you know, I think number one is we have to be responsible to this incredible tradition and pastime that we all love and enjoy. And, and that also, by course, means be responsible to those wildlife populations that, are, that we're stewards of. So in the past, where I'm going with this is in, in the past, we, we could show pictures to each other no problem. And we understand as right. hunters, this is what it looks like. This is, you know, life begets death, begets life, begets death. We understand that. The average person that's living, say, downtown New York City and buys their food from a little shop, you know, a deli where it's all gets sliced up or, you know, if they actually cook something for themselves, you know, it's a cellophane wrapped, you know, bit of sort of... Uh, purified meat, right. for lack of a better description, um, they're insulated from the reality of, of the fact that all those prawns or shrimp that they had for dinner used to be a live animal. Right. You know, that chicken cordon bleu used to be a live animal. Those lamb chops not only used to be a live animal, it used to be a baby live animal. You know, the veal, God forbid, is a baby animal right you know so they're insulated from that they they, they separate you know from the reality of yeah. what they're actually sticking in their pie yeah. hole whereas we understand that as hunters and so we you know we will actually overlook you know the the, the graphicness of the photograph because we understand yeah. that it's actually not graphic it's just part of the life and death cycle of yeah. of human beings and and nature someone that's removed from that that you're trying to reach to explain what we do or at least educate them about the positive benefits of what we do we have to understand that they don't understand right and that means how we present what we do to them is actually kind of important it's not a it's not a battle a lot of guys will say, we draw a line in the sand, and if I want to show a, a picture of a deer with blood all over it mm -hmm. and the you know, tongue hanging out, and, and you know, that's their problem. Right. And I should be able to post it. And, and fair enough, it's a free world. It is. But if you're going to be responsible as a hunter to helping educate non-hunters, then you know what, what's so wrong with maybe keeping that off social media and, and showing what hunting's all about here, you know, this bigger pie, the kill, sure, of course, because we all understand that Correct. the rest of it was part of it. Right. But those other people that we're, we're going to need, when it comes down to a vote someday, uh, hunting should be allowed, hunting should not be allowed. You know, right now there's, there's say, 10% of us that hunt, 10% of us that hate hunting to varying degrees and hate us mostly more than, more than hunting itself. Right. You know, they, ha they hate what we stand for. And then there's 80% that are in the middle, leaning one way or another, depending on who they talked to recently, what they saw in the news recently, and, and what they've heard. Mm -hmm. So that 80% is going to become really important to us. And, and really, if you talk to that 80%, there, there's a huge number, something like 75% of that 80% that don't have a problem with hunting as mm -hmm. long as you know, these you know, rules are followed. You know, meaning the meats used, which we all know as hunters, you have to do. Yeah. We're legislated to do anyway, but that's why we hunt. Any ethical hunter is going to do uh, that. Of anyway. course they are, and anyone that doesn't is a poacher. Right. Correct. Right. So, so that's already a given. We're already on common ground there with these people. You know, the the, the next one is that you know, they want to know that there's a respect and a reverence for the animal. Mm -hmm. So, if you post something 
that they could construe or it could be taken as irreverent or or disrespectful of that that wild animal that life that you've taken we've hurt hunting i agree because in the end we've probably lost how many you know you might feel good about that picture or that little clip of video that you did something whatever you don't have to go very far to to Mm -hmm. think back on you know last year people posted you know pictures of hunting a bear up in alberta i think and and that mm-hmm. you know caused a lot of trouble. Yes, it was a legal hunt. So yes, you should be able to. And but but no, this isn't a line line drawn in the sand where that's not the battle you want to die on. Right. You know that's not the hill you want to die on. The battle you know, it's a battle. Sometimes you, you're better to retreat and you know bend like the willows and work around it. I agree. And 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 I don't think this is where we want to. You know I, I don't how we present in social media what we do is more important than than fighting for our right to present whatever we want. Right. And and I, what's so wrong with that? I mean, it, some guys just can't give an inch. Right. But but you know, maybe maybe we just have to look at what we're doing and and uh, be responsible for the future of hunting for yeah. our grandchildren and their right. grandchildren and the wildlife ultimately because if hunters are gone, the wildlife is gone they too. They dwindle. Think yeah. about this. I'll give you something to think about. This, the people in the city, do they really want more wildlife? Think about that. When you have 250 million, what happens when it gets up to be a billion people in the city? So let's mm-hmm. take China. A billion people, 1.3 billion. Do you think they want more wildlife that takes up habitat? Or do you think they want more cattle and, and rice paddies? Right. You know, they, they want more food. They'd have to. Of course right. they do, because it's the only way you can sustain a population as great as what we have in this world right now is to use resources and habitat. Mm-hmm. Wildlife needs both of those. Mm-hmm. And and when it comes push to shove with the city people, whether you're going to have deer habitat, elk habitat, sheep habitat, or you're going to be using that for grazing domestic sheep, what do you think they're going to choose? You know, they want their lamb chops. Yeah. And if you said to them, you can't eat for three days just so we can have wildlife in the West, they're mm. going to say no. Yeah. They're going to say no. And, and you know, who are the stewards? Who are the champions of those wild animals? That's you. That's me. That's everyone listening to this podcast. Correct. You know, probably not too many people outside the hunting world are listening, but maybe there's someone there listening to this right now. Yeah. And, and like I say, we have to keep that in mind that we need that 80% to say, yeah, you know what? It's worth not eating for three days so that we can have wildlife. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what it would work out to, really, to maintain the wildlife populations we have right now right. and not give it up to to domestic uh, herds of goats, sheep, chickens, Any, who you know, knows cattle. What, yeah. I mean, there's 25 billion chickens in this world today. 25 <laughs> billion. They're the most successful of any animal on this planet that's crazy you know of the the bigger animals anyway i'm sure ants are better but uh, (laughs) but but the 25 billion there's something like 7 million head of cattle in this world you know 7 million goats i mean right they replaced wild animals big time so so it's not that the biomass of this world has changed it's just what the animals look like and, and the city people need domesticated animals to survive Mm-hmm. They really, truly do. Or, you know, city people. I'm trying not to separate them from us, but right. but the reality is, they're the ones pulling the puppet strings nowadays yeah. and determining what you and I 
can do now and what we're going to be able to do in the future when it comes to hunting. So that's why, back to your question, I think we need to self-regulate to some degree on what we post. And always, always try and caveat whatever post you have of that hero shot of you holding the dead animal with 10 times more pictures of the lifestyle because we all know that kill, that that animal is a result of months and months Mm -hmm. of practice and training and scouting and and you know learning you know practicing the skills that are involved and and then sitting and waiting watching squirrels is is important listening to the bird songs that's important you know breathing fresh air the exercise those are all just as important so why not post a picture of all of those which then in in effect starts to give a a greater picture a well more well-rounded picture of what we are as hunters and what we do as hunters i could not agree more and that, that's why I wanted to ask you because I know you have good insight of that. I, I, I could not agree more. That's great information. Well, um, Jim, thank you for your time today. I, I don't want to hold you too much longer because, yeah, it went too much longer. Troy's going to be over here to take you out right. and go hunting. Because there's a great big buck waiting for me this last afternoon of my hunt here on this incredible cottonmouth. I'm so excited. I know it's going to happen tonight. Yeah, I, I believe it is. Look, you've got everyone on our end cheering you on. I, I sure hope you come back with one this evening. But but either way, we've had a great time. Uh, again, thank you for coming down. Thank you for personally, thank you for everything you've done for hunting. I appreciate it. And um, so, yeah, guys, thank you for listening. As always, email or send in any questions you have, and we'll, we'll do our best to cover them. But for now, we're going to get Jim out of here so he can get ready to go hunt. Thank you all for listening. Thank you very much.